Nintendo girl living in a Sega world. Welcome to episode 43 of Get Spoiled. My name is Samantha Herman, joined as always by my co-host Jeremy Knight and Chris Wilson, and today we'll be spoiling the feature film, Sonic the Hedgehog. Portrait of the Lady, just for a quick, yeah. quick sec. So yeah. that the director of that, whose name I forget, but she's a female French director. So like, I forgive her for making this comment, but not for what has come since. I don't know if you noticed this on my Instagram, but she made a comment that her two leads in this movie are unknown, and she compared it to Kate Winslet and Leo DiCaprio's unknownness in Titanic. What? Which what? Yeah. What? But what? okay, I forgive her because she's grew up in France. Maybe she didn't know the context of his fame. But okay. it's ignited this like rampant debate online over whether or not he was famous. And like how is this a debatable issue? It's not. It's not debatable. It's not debatable. I, I know. It was news that he got that role. He got because... way more famous. Mm-hmm. He like yeah, left sure. to the A list. He had a level of fame going into it. He was a celebrity actor. If not yes. he was not an outright movie star yet. But he was a celebrity actor. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure he wasn't a household name at the time. And then after that movie, he was a household name. Yes. Yeah. But he was getting close. Yeah, definitely. It's absurd. And but like real, um, they showed uh, the Slack, which I don't really know what that is, but I know it's a tool that business people use to communicate. And so the Slate people, like, screen grabbed their Slack conversation about it. Yeah. And yeah. like they were like legitimately privately debating it as if there was an opposing view maybe they're all 23 that is a that is a crazy statement and it should have been dismissed but whatever i'd say i was trying to think like who is what's a comp comp level of semi-fame that we could compare that some people were uh referring to chalamet as an equivalent which i can see yeah Yeah. i was gonna say adam driver pre-kylo ren Mm-hmm. It's like, you know this guy. He's around. Yeah, and like some of the Slack or the Slate people were like, well, he was known, but in a very niche teen community. I'm like, well, that's still a major community to be famous that's in that. The, it's still, that's like, the influencing yeah. community. Yeah. It's true. So then I posted on my Instagram pictures of him from uh, Big Bop from 1993. I, that settled. He was. He was famous. Big Bop being the like teen like yeah teen beat oeuvre like tiger beat yeah, yeah okay yeah Him yeah jtt probably <laughs> yeah you know it if you're on big bop with with the jtt you're fucking famous you know what i mean yeah like, and mario yeah. lopez uh, um, mario lopez was on the list so check my post um yeah <laughs> like for real uh and like he did romeo and juliet he did romeo and juliet he was romeo that's, that's the only answer the to that question yeah. romeo yeah. He played Romeo in Romeo and Juliet. That movie was fucking massive. Yeah. This is nonsense. Nonsense. Yeah. It was um, I was so angry. 
And by the way, Sam, your 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 uh, explanation of what Slack is was entirely correct. <laughs> Thank you. So you do know what it is. <laughs> I have it. I just don't. I don't know how to do you stuff. Ha- you have it, but you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I've yeah. Googled the top shows of the 1998-99 season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh huh. Um, is it Friends? Number one is ER. <laughs> Oh, that, number oh, yeah, two is Friends. Number three, Frasier. Frasier. Fra- you do I get Frasier. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Let's go back to '98. I want to be in. <laughs> I want to be in Frasier country. Yeah. See, yeah. and then number four. So all the top five except for this one are NBC. So number four is Monday Night Football, and then tied for five, Veronica's Closet and Jesse. Um, Ver- Veronica's Closet was a. Um, I remember uh, the name. It was a Kirstie that, Alley lingerie Kirstie workplace Oh, God. Comedy. That was horrible. <laughs> that yes. I watched religiously. I also watched Jesse religiously. Well, Jesse, I have no frame of Jesse? reference. That was, was also Jesse? in the same lineup on NBC, and it was the Christina Applegate Buffalo Bar one. Yikes. Nope. I don't remember <laughs> nope. that existing. That's a nope. That's going to be a nope. <laughs> That's a nope from me, dog. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say I ever missed an episode. <laughs> Okay, so 98 sounding pretty righteous. I think yeah. we can all agree. Uh, Jesse other... on Thursday nights? Mm. <laughs> I'm just going to pull out a few other ones. Number 25, Walker, Texas Ranger. Wow. I watched a lot of that. <laughs> I watched some of it, but it's... I think we can be honest that we are all glad that show existed, but we didn't need to watch it all the time. Yeah, I was more like amused by the name and the hat than actually sitting through an app. And like and like, you know, flipping by it every once in a while and watching a band being like, ha ha ha, you know, like, oh, that's nice. OK, but speaking of that uh, style, there was a Blue Bloods episode last week, the fresh one, and it brought in a new character played by a Lyle Lovett. Um, and he was a Texas Ranger. How's he looking? He looked great. And his name was uh, Ranger Wade Gates, I think, something like that, something like amazing Texan like that. And I'm just waiting for the news that he's getting a spinoff. Like, it was so ripe. He paired up with Donnie, they solved the case together, and parted ways as men and friends, and Lyle gave Donnie his own hat from his head. Whoa. As a gesture Was of thanks there and any exchange of candy between <laughs> pockets? <laughs> no, but I mean, come on, hat from head to head? That's deep. That is, yeah. As long as there's an exchange of value from one straight man to another. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they look each other in the eyes. Can I ask each of you how much of your youth, perhaps in 1998, you spent playing the game Sonic the Hedgehog in any of its forms? Yeah, great question. Great segue. Very, very little. We had uh, the Game Gear, which was like the uh, Game Boy equivalent. Yeah. Oh, I'm familiar. And we had Sonic. I was really bad at it. I never really advanced far into the game. Uh, And I don't remember any of the lore of the world or his backstory or anything. So very limited so, awareness. So, but you did play, and though I guess was that was probably Sonic One or maybe Sonic Two. Yeah, like one of the but first here and there, and I was bad at it. Okay, uh, did you also? You were mostly a Nintendo family. Yeah. Yeah, we were also a Nintendo family. I never had a Sega product of any kind. Only played Sonic at friends' houses, but I did play it because I was, you know, a young a young man who was <laughs> given to playing video games when they were available. Uh, and also it was like a, a special thing to go to a friend's place who had a Genesis or whatever, you know, cause I didn't have it. 
Yeah, so it was before, like a weird we special treat that I didn't quite understand. Yeah. We, we Our first Nintendo, well, we had the Game Boy and then the Super Nintendo, but it was the treat for me was to go and play a regular Nintendo before all of that. Oh, yeah. Cause, yeah, because you didn't have it. Didn't have it, and I, I, I wanted to duck hunt. Oh yeah, uh, that's what that—that's what it was. You were missing. You were missing Duck Hunt <laughs> at the time. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that separately. That's... Duck Hunt yeah, doesn't have a lot of state power. Games. No, I get <laughs> really... it now. But when yeah. I was like seven, I wanted Duck Hunt. But that fucking duck, that fucking dog, man. That did dog. You know, did you know you could control the bird with the? Of course. The number one controller. I did number until two much controller. later. Yeah. Player two. Yeah. I think it was player one because player two is where you plug the gun in. Hmm. Pretty sure it's the other way around. Because uh, you could also use I the gun to select the <laughs> game mode by shooting up and then shooting at the screen to select. Mm-hmm. And I think only player one could do that. Use be control which game was being played. If I I'm, recall correctly, <laughs> I'm gonna disagree with you. Uh, I, that's fine, and I'm I'm willing to be wrong. But I have no opinion. I don't recall which. The thing is that I am not what. wrong. All I know is that we'll never know. So anyway, um, Sonic yeah. Hedgehog. And I, yeah, I would say the same as uh, Samantha, also a Nintendo family, did not play much of Sonic. Was really excited to play it when it first came out because of the speed. I remember the exactly. ads showed how fast he went, and he it was a cool idea that he would go faster than the screen and that he could, like, you could shoot. You know, it's left to right scroll, but it, it was like, unlike Mario, it was like you could outrun the screen and the screen had to catch up with him that was a cool effect but once i played the game i realized like that's really all it is is an effect and you're just effectively watching an animation you're not really doing anything when you go all turbo well Um, that's not true i wouldn't say that but uh, yeah it was definitely a thing it was definitely a thing they they, they picked an angle you weren't doing it my skill didn't allow me to do anything more than turbo yeah, and the turbo just didn't feel like a very active thing. I didn't feel like I was doing much. Like it wasn't like pulling off a sweet dragon punch in Street Fighter Two or something. Where it's like it was I less than that, that for sure. But and you I had also... to like know the levels. That was part of it. You had to like know which way to speed yourself in so that you could like find the path to where you needed to go. You know, without yeah. hitting so an enemy and losing all your rings. But okay. also, like I knew I in Mario, like oh, princess is kidnapped and bad. Like I knew the world. I knew what he wanted to achieve. Right. I knew what his mindset was and i never had that awareness with sonic like who what is his quest who is the bad guy at the end like i never really knew or cared um i did like you if you play the game at all you do remember at least like the very basic story which is something like dr robotnik is coming over and trying to like take over the lands and the animals are being pushed off of their lands and also partially captured and you remember the capture because at the end of the boss levels but at the end of the boss levels when you beat what the boss wasn't every level but every fourth level or something like that there would be that like robot machine thing that you had to jump on top of and then it would open up and all the animals would escape it was like a little jail capsule the problem might have been me never getting to a boss because i sucked dr robotnik was taking over the world and the animals didn't have any habitat anymore all right, so we got an environmental uh, vibe. Yeah, it was it was woke environmentally even yeah. at the time. Um, and, I remember uh, none of that. 
Dr. So Robotnik. The, that, that so was then I name. mentioned that to my barber this afternoon. I was like, yeah, so, you know, and then I went and watched the trailer and I was like, wow, that has nothing to do with and this movie at all. Nothing. <laughs> like zero. Yeah. No, nothing. Zero. This is just, uh, this seems basically like the story of Poochie. Do you guys I remember learned... Tales? I remember there was Sonic 2. The only other thing I remember about the lore was Sonic, Sonic 2. The big tease was you got a two-player game and you could be his buddy Tails. But being Tails sucked because you, the screen didn't follow you. I remember it sucked to be Tails. And also <laughs> Tails had two Tails, which which is why Tails was named Tails, I think. And uh, there was... And he could fly. I think his Tails could turn into helicopter propellers. Yeah, there was a helicopter thing going on. I will say that I think Jim Carrey was a good casting choice from what I know of Dr. Robotnik and from what I know of Jim Carrey and from what I saw in the trailer. I thought, you know, who else are they going to cast in this role? I think it's an interesting choice. Yeah, I, I mean, don't really you have get... a legend like Dr. Robotnik. You really have to cast carefully. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, that man can really wear a pair of goggles, I guess, you know. <laughs> um, but I think the original Robotnik was bald and Carrey has a luscious a slick back mane in this uh, in this version. He does. He's this always got a robust head of hair. Yes. Yes. Um, and of course in the classic role of some dude we have James Marston. <laughs> <laughs> he is very good at that role. You know the pivotal Sonic the Hedgehog role of a human guy. You know what? I found him extremely charming. He is. Because he is. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, I see here that uh, this film was directed by a man named Jeff Fowler in his uh, feature directorial debut. Hmm. We do a lot of debut filmmakers on the on the cast, I find. Yeah, well, I think it correlates to, these, to this initial discussion that is required for every episode, which is uh, Sam asking, are you guys going to see this movie? And us saying, that looks like a piece of shit, and so no. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that being correlated with first-time directors. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep, there's yeah. a lot saying. of overlap there. Mm -hmm. yeah. that, data, that data computes. It checks out, yeah, yeah. I ran the numbers on that one before we came on the line. Um, so what what does James Marsden uh, do in this movie? Does well, he work? Oh, we'll, He's a we'll, human man, don't you we'll know? We'll get there. Oh, right, right, but I forgot. First, before we get to our earthly setting, we do have to start in Sonic's original home setting of, I don't know what it's called, but his oh. original land. Um, it's a planet. He refers to his planet on in the preview, at least, and yes. I assume the preview is of the movie, so. Yes, he's on his home planet that looks oh. like the game, so it looks like hills, and you can do, like, the uh, like the loop. Hill zone. Is that really what it's called? <laughs> remember, they were, all called, they were all called zone. All the levels were called zone. Forest zone. I don't remember anything. Let me make that very that, clear. I don't remember a damn thing, other than you can make a, uh, like, a turbo, squish himself into a turbo ball. Turbo ball, and then the other part of that Turbo was ball. again, if you hit an enemy, and you then you lose all your rings, and then if you get hit while you don't have any rings, then you die. I do remember that. That was like your big up equivalent. Yeah, you had rings. to have rings, otherwise they were like not only were they coins, but they were also your protection somehow. I dig that. That's a cool twist on the Mario coins, which were effectively useless. So but especially stupid. in early Mario's, they were you got one one ups when you got a hundred of them. 100, that was it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, who cares? Um, Sometimes you needed it though. Yeah, the free but life. Still, it was lame. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the free life. So Sonic is on the planet Hill Zone. 
he's on his home planet. <laughs> and okay, so there's no explanation given of like what his species is or what his deal is, but and he's narrating all of this himself. He's like, I was loving life, like running around with my speed. And even in the context of his home world, that was an outlier. Like it was weird that he had that speed, but they don't explain how he got it or why he has it or if, uh, nothing. Because my parents it seems nothing. like he's a superhero within any context, whether it's Hill Zone or Earth Zone. Yeah, but they don't give his Genesis story mm. of like how he has the powers. If it's a, I guess it's born with, but no info. And okay. he's raised by his protector, an owl named Longclaw. And mm. Longclaw says you can never like let yourself be found because. You'll be abused because of your powers. And so even on Hillzone, the planet Hillzone, he lives in secret. He hides. He hides his ability. He hides hides his ability. ability. Okay. So, but he's reckless about it and he's racing through the world with his lightning. Because he's like, it's fine. No one will ever notice me because I'm so fast. I'm like undetectable, Mm. Um, which is not true. Yeah. Does he talk about being a hedgehog? Yeah, it's it's said, but not in comparison with other hedgehogs that we would know. Yeah, like there is no, there are no other hedgehogs in this film, Sonic style or regular style. I was hoping there would be other hedgehogs that were regular style because then I would really, they would notice that something was off, I would think. Yeah, Yeah, that doesn't happen. The filmmakers are cowards. They should have dealt with that. (laughs) We didn't mention yet that Ben Schwartz is the voice of Sonic. Yes. Um, oh, I, right. I, I, I enjoy a Ben Schwartz. I, I'm sure he, he did a good job. Samantha? I, I enjoy him. Do you I feel found like he Sonic, captured Sonic's essence? I think he did, but I found Sonic as a character like a little bit annoying, though I'll jump ahead and just spoil that I was moved to tears in this film. Whoa. whoa, whoa. Oh, my. <laughs> the tone of this episode has changed. <laughs> Okay. I am going to go out on a limb and say that that is mostly a Marlin, uh, Marsden joint. You're weeping, I mean. <laughs> um, he was present. I feel as though Samantha's weeping behavior should be tracked and um, the statistics should be collected and <laughs> leveraged okay. more thoroughly as part of the overall over of this podcast. Oh. Agreed. We should create like some sort of Rotten Tomatoes like visual weepometer. Statistic. Yeah, like oh a weepometer, and then like maybe timestamp the weeps uh, and the severity yep. of said weep. I yeah. would love to track that kind of information. Yeah, I love it. And there's also the there's the walk out of the theater, stumbling into the lobby through tears. That that's a type of weeping. That's a rare that, gift. That's eleven that's out of ten. Yeah. Okay, so you wept in this movie. <laughs> Good to Lightly, yeah, I'd give it like a two so, of five weepometer. So two of five out of five, huh? All right. Yeah. I was expecting a scale of ten, but I mean, it's your it's your weeping, so <laughs> it's your weeping, and you'll weep if you want to. <laughs> I always want to. Uh, <laughs> you would weep too if it happened to you. <laughs> So he's racing through a hillside, and he's being followed by what I had to Google are called echidnas, which are, I guess, villainous creatures. Like, there's no history given. He's just being chased by bad guys out of nowhere. So he's running, and they're about to catch him, and he gets home to Longclaw, and she says, "Um, you're done here on this planet. Like, it's no longer safe for you. Here's this bag of rings, and she hands him a bag of rings, like a loose, like, fabric bag of golden rings. And says, 
you can use these rings to open a portal to another land whenever you're that in danger. That is not canon. No, sure not. Whoa, wait, wait. I do seem to remember, at the end of certain levels, a large spinning ring that you could run into, and then you would go somewhere else. Oh, you so would then warp it is to the more. next level. So, but Sorry. that was a special large door ring, not a... It didn't come in a sack, for God's sake. <laughs> this is a full sack. All right. Yeah, and you have a good memory. So, yeah, I don't remember any of that. So then she opens a portal for him, and he goes through, and he can still kind of see her from the other side. And he's like, come with me, Longclaw, Longclaw. And then he sees her getting attacked by what was attacking him, and the portal closes. Oh. Can I... Mm. The echidna's got Longclaw. Yeah. Well, we don't see the uh, complete aftermath, but one can assume. What are they after? Exactly. There's, like, no info. Like, do they want his power source? Do they want Are they trying to kill or are they trying to kidnap? Are they trying to uh, capture or harm? I don't know, and it does not matter for the rest of the movie. Okay, and I have another question. Um, When the portal was opened... Was there, was it, uh, like, to somewhere specific? Was there a purposeful, like, I'm going to send you to this place? Or was it just like, I'm going to send you to anywhere? She, yeah, she purposely sends him to Earth. She's like, you'll be safe there Earth's. for now. So it's, right, so it's like pushing a button in the elevator. Um, later we learn very loosely that these, like, imagine or say the place while you're ringing. Like, you can conjure wherever. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, mm-hmm. These rings are. How, how many rings in a sack? That's very it's useful. Does the ring Does the ring go away after you portal it? Yeah. Like it's you. You it's use one it. One time up. use. Yeah. Oh, okay. I so if it were me, I know Sonic has pretty impressive powers, but if it were me, I'd be going after those rings, not Sonic. Yeah. But he didn't even have the rings until this moment, so that wasn't part of it. Hmm. These echidnas well, just have, like, hate in their hearts, basically. Like, R.I.P. Longclaw. Yeah. I miss her. So he's into Earth, and he's still narrating this, and now he's been there for ten years. He's living in idyllic Green Hills, Montana, which he thinks is a perfect place. That Ooh. is the name of a Sonic level. Oh, I really? Green Hills? Mm-hmm. Great. He loves it. He thinks that, like, he has no context for other Earth places. I don't think. We don't see him traveling, but he's like, this is the most beautiful and perfect place i love it here even though he can't interact with anyone because he knows that he has to keep himself on the dl he seems very enthusiastic as a as a character he's really like a real go-getter earnest he is but you know he has some depth we'll get to soon um and there's like one crazy guy who the type of guy that would say i saw a ufo he's like i saw the blue devil and no one believes him so this one guy has kind of noticed sonic but no one takes him seriously mm-hmm. does sonic mm-hmm. require food and shelter he has a shelter great question he's made himself a, like a bunker cave and he's got all these like human artifacts that he has assembled over the 10 years like a beanbag chair and uh like posters and just like junk that he's found and he loves it i'm sorry what 10 years Ten years. He's been there ten years. He's been there ten years. He's been there ten years yeah. in Montana. Yeah. Okay. And he just never needed, he never felt the need to return to Hill Zone with he, a ring? He doesn't talk about it. He's got the rings. Yeah. But he's like, I love it here. So. What does he do with his time? Um, we see a lot of that. He does a lot of stuff by himself. 
obviously does everything by himself, but he does like a lot of two-part things. Like he plays ping pong versus himself because he's fast enough to do that. <laughs> Delightful. Because <laughs> he's fast. I mean, I'm glad he loves it in Montana because it doesn't sound like a very nice life. It's heartbreaking, which we'll come to soon enough. And then <clears throat> when we meet James Morrison, he's in his car. He's the local sheriff of Green Hills, and Sonic saves a turtle just in the nick of time from almost being smushed by James Morrison's car by mistake. By his sheriff truck? Yeah. Uh, I think it's a, a sedan, but yeah. Mm. Um, and Sonic is obsessed with Morrison. He thinks he's like the coolest guy. He calls him the Donut King because Morrison loves donuts being a local cop. And he like obsessively stalks James Morrison and his wife, Maddie. Um, he'll like stand at the window while they watch movies on their movie night as if he's hanging out with them, which I found so tender and so sad. <laughs> That's and, beautiful. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and they always watch or movies like creepy Speed. as hell. Um, mm. And so he, like, knows all the action tropes. Um, but so he's trying to make himself feel like he's a part of it, but he can't ever be because he has oh. to be hidden. <laughs> this okay, so this, is, so this is when you started weeping. <laughs> uh, pretty much. I, so, um, I have, so just like to, to make be a clear. Guess. I'm ready to make yeah. my guess. It was now? Was it now? I got misty. I definitely got misty. Yeah. You, it put one in the chamber, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, so just to be clear, he didn't, when he saved the turtle, he didn't meet Marsden. He just became aware of Marsden. No, he was already then aware he of started, Oh, because he's, he's, he has a lot of time in his hands, so he's just been stalking everyone, kind yeah, of, and then he, he like, like, has, he's got a fave, and it's Marsden, the yes. Donut King? Yes, exactly. Yeah, he knows uh, all the townsfolk by reputation. And, and Marsden um, doesn't see that. He doesn't see Sonic save the no, turtle. It's, like, all happening. through. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And does, uh, uh, does Marsden's character have a name, or are we just going with Marsden? He has a name. Couldn't tell you what it was. All right, Marsden. Sheriff Tom, Marsden. But, yeah. I think Sheriff... we're definitely calling him Sheriff Marsden, the Donut King. <laughs> Colin, the Donut King. So at home, James Marsden, the Donut King, gets an approval letter from the San Francisco police force saying, uh, just as soon as we complete the background check, you've been approved to join the force, which he's very excited for, but still kind of nervous. He's like, there's still one more step. You know, it, it could still fall through because this has been a, a lifelong goal or at least a years long goal to upgrade to a more significant police force in a bigger city. And what does um, the Donut Queen do for a living? What's she all about? She is a veterinarian, and she's very supportive of this move to San Francisco because she says, you supported me all through vet school, and now it's my turn to support you. So if that means moving to San Francisco, cool. I'm all for it. And he says, great. Why don't you go to San Francisco ahead of me because her sister and niece live there who hate him for no reason. Oh, no. What? How? How could anyone hate him? Right? He's... Mars and the Donut King. Uh, and what are their grievances? None. She just hates him. You can hear her like, oh. barking on the phone like, it's time to leave him. And there's no backstory given of this hatred. She's, Whoa. She's just that like is for. Yeah, maybe yeah. he's just uh, two small potatoes for her. Anyway, the Donut King says, why don't you go to San Francisco, visit your sister and your niece, start looking for apartments, and I'll hang back here. Like, you want to go visit them anyhow? So kind of get the ball rolling on that. Later, um, there's like a recurrent like raccoon problem at the Marsden household. So he's poking around trying to find the raccoon and deal with it. And he finds 
um, a quill from Sonic that fell off him that he's unaware of. Sonic mm. is unaware of. Okay. And he's like, that's weird, because it looks strange, it's spiky, it's like not quite identifiable, and he just kind of tosses it on the counter for now. Then later, Sonic is at the ba- baseball field, outdoor baseball field, doing his thing, like running all the bases and hitting and then catching for himself, doing all the parts of the game. Yep. Yep. And at first he's having fun, but then as he keeps playing, he starts having this like emotional breakdown. He's like, I really am just going to be alone forever. Oof. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes me a really positive hedgehog to get through 10 years of living in a cave with stolen junk around you and stalking the, the Donut King to come to that moment just then, you know? Yeah. yeah. He's like... I commend him for holding on that long. <laughs> well, I found it very heart-wrenching. And yeah, he's like, sad. I'm just like, there's no one here for me. I can never, like, engage in this world that I love so much. And he starts running the bases, like, super fast, just over and over and over and over, like, trenching into the ground further and further. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and as he does that, because of the speed of that and the friction of it, he causes an electromagnetic pulse. Oh, and he's, like, He, like, turbos himself. <laughs> Okay, turbo EMP on the base paths. Like a pinch. Sure, science. (laughs) Nice, nice. Ocean's Eleven reference. Correct. (laughs) Cheetle. I'm going to give him a pinch. Remember his horrible pinch accent. That's right. We've discussed it on the cast before, I believe. Hey, governor. Anyway. (laughs) It was in a van. (laughs) It was in a van. They had to park it at the top of a hill so the EMP could reach further. Is that true? Why do you um, have such a recall I don't know. of these things? I have a very good recall of some things. I feel we all, you guys have a better recall of like Hollywood stars and stuff, but I have a recall <laughs> of specific details of stories. Yeah, you do. Complementary skills. Yeah. And anything Cheetle, basically. <laughs> very strong. Yeah, I'm Cheetlepedia. This turbo pinch shuts down power all across the Pacific Northwest. What? Oh, gee, oh um, yeah, that's a big pinch. That's yeah, a big pinch. Big old pinch. Ooh. And Adam Pally, who plays the bumbling deputy, calls James Morrison, his boss, to say, like, what do I do? And he's, like, so inept that Morrison has to walk him through everything. He's like, call Ray at the power company and see if he can get it back on. And then call, you know, so-and-so to get the generator at the hot, like, just whatever. Like, steps that you should know in that role, but that he's too incompetent to be aware of. Okay. Yep. Oh, deputy. Yeah. What a dummy. He's just really like a side character dumbass. He doesn't really have much impact on the actual story, but he exists. Okay. And then Marsden goes back inside, and the quill is pulsating with blue light because it's still like tethered to Sonic somehow. He has a lot of powers. Can he die? I think he must. Is that too heavy of a question? No, I mean, I, I guess he doesn't die in this movie. Yeah, judging spoiler by your reaction. he doesn't die in this film. Does he but seem scared to die? He feels scared to be found because he's definitely like that's definitely front of mind. The long claw, so like, he can, you can never so he does discover. feel unsafe. Yeah, but I think a lot of it is like her poor parenting. Like she didn't really explain it, and he's just got this complex. Like I can never be found. I always have to be on the move. I always have to be running. I always have to be fast. Yeah, he's wow. conditioned to feel that way. Hmm. That's a uh, quite a burden. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a family film. Yeah, 
But I don't know if it's aimed at children. Children. I think it's just family friendly. Yeah, but like I think an eight-year-old could watch this very comfortably. All right. Well, uh, do you think an eight-year-old would weep? And if so, <laughs> how much out of five? I don't think they would. I don't think they have the depth of spirit yet to understand yeah. Sonic's pain. They'll learn. All right. Okay, so the Department of Defense gathers to analyze the situation. They're like, what What was that? Is it terrorism? Is it domestic? Is it uh, science? Is it weather? Is it climate? Like, what is it? When they can't figure out like what the cause was. Mm-hmm. And so they bring in legendary, renowned, but deranged scientist, Dr. Robotnik. And in the crowd of the Department of Defense, some of the guys are like, no, you can't be serious. You can't bring in him. Like, he's completely mental. And then the leader, who none of these guys are really in it again, so I don't need to classify them, characterize them, but he's like, he's, he might be crazy, but he's the best scientist we know in, like, the drone world and, like, who knows about this kind of, like, electro stuff, so we need to bring him in. And then he arrives, and he's, like, Fair points. zany and smug and rude and kind of like um, Sheldon from Big Bang Theory thinks that he's the smartest person everywhere and therefore can't even hold a conversation with anyone else because they're beneath him. Oh, okay. That's fun. Yeah. He was, like, bold and out there. It was a large performance. Does he have henchmen? He has henchmen. Oh. They don't really... Not like specific ones, though. Not characters. Just, just random, random goons. Well, I don't know because I don't remember anything. They are human men. Okay. And mostly drones of his own creation. So drones seems to be a big part of the reason why they've chosen. He's an expert on electricity and <laughs> yep. an expert on drones. In robotics. Robotics, hence the name Robotnik, or maybe that's a coincidence, which would be quite something. Well, maybe he's like lost my name, so I should probably. So that's what that. I like to study. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, is he an American man? Yes. And uh, and, and did, did he come from another government post, or is he an academic or a private enterprise? He seems to be a private scientist who's just like building all these gadgets. So the idea is. With his electricity skills, he will analyze the MP, and with his drones, he will search down, search out the source of the MP. You get it. So he goes to the site, the baseball field site, and he finds a footprint and analyzes it. And so he's like driving around in like a tricked-out vehicle that has like the Minority Report, but inside a car. That can like analyze everything. It has different screens, oh, yeah. and you can like put in different materials, and it'll give a response like right away but it's on the move that's cool i also saw in the trailer that he when he was i think he when he was scanning maybe the quill maybe that happens later on he has like some sort of arm mounted laser scanner that like analyzes things yeah it's all tricked out so he's analyzing this footprint and it doesn't match any known species so that makes him curious meanwhile back to sonic he realizes that he went too far (laughs) and People are going to come for him, just like the Echidnas did. Like, he's made himself known, or at least will be known, once they figure it out. And now it's time to leave Earth, which he's really sad about. But he understands that it's time, so he goes to gather his rings. And for no reason that's given, the next planet in his order, or that he's choosing to go to, is a mushroom planet. It's like, that's it. It's just mushrooms. That's the only life. I don't know why he's choosing that or if he must do that in that order. No info. 
So he's talking about this. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I have to go to the Mushroom Planet now. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's going to be a real drag there. Like, won't have the Donut King to hang out with anymore. And he's very sad about going to the Mushroom Planet. Is that a dig on Mario? Maybe. Ooh. Because nice. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting take, though. Samantha has maybe played more Super Mario World than any of us, I would think. I love it very much. It is a very good game. Extremely good. It was probably the game that I, at the time of my peak, was best at. For, mm-hmm. for me, compared to the other games. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a very high-quality game. That's actually a great question. Chris, what... What would your answer be? What is what was the game that you would say you were the best at? Overall in my whole life? Yes. What game where you were you felt like You know the answer to that question. Uh Z- Mario yes. Double Dash? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. You were very good. Double Dash. We were all very good. Double we Dash, the good. GameCube version of Mario Kart uh-huh. is my best game of all time by far. Uh, and it's the reason that I am also pretty damn good at the Switch Mario Kart from the get-go. You know? Yeah, because it's similar style. You don't forget. No. <laughs> it's built in into the muscles forever. I would Muscle say, memory. I would say that I was very good at that game too. You were. Uh, we we honed our abilities, but I would say my best game ever is OG Mario Kart. Yeah, you I think. were. My You're peak, very strong. For me, my peak. I was watching YouTube videos of like the best guys in the world and practicing. I took it serious. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you watching videos at the time on VHS? Uh, no, it was like early internet. Like, so this would have been like pre YouTube. Yeah, it was like pre YouTube. Like when the internet first came out, one of the first things I probably did on the internet, uh, my friend John, he, uh, he did it first. He got me on them. He was like, there's this guy in Sweden. He makes YouTube videos of his time trials. <laughs> not even YouTube. But not even videos. YouTube. No, it wasn't YouTube. Web, yeah, right. web videos. Yeah. Maybe a, it was a WMV file that you could download. Yeah, basically, yes. To your Windows media player. <laughs> That's, it. That's right. Or could you Winamp. open it with Winamp? Yeah. Maybe it was a quick time it really, file. It really whips the llama's ass. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this guy, he didn't speak. I don't think he spoke English either. But um, he, he spoke he, the language of cart. He did, and he shared his gift with the world. <laughs> okay, so Sonic goes to James Morrison, the Donut King's shed. Oh, right. Uh, with his bag of rings. There's cause... a movie. Because <laughs> uh, he's ready to make his goodbyes, and he's about to ring himself, but he wanted to have one more glance at the Donut King's crib, and that was his favorite place. God, he loves this guy. Yeah, yeah okay. he really does. And... It's like this guy is his favorite TV show or something. <laughs> One more. Just he, need one more app. He feels a closeness, even Beautiful. though it's one-sided. Uh, okay, so Marzen is on the phone with the wife, Maddie, and he says, that raccoon is back. I hear it in the shed or the garage. I've got your tranquilizer because she's a vet. And she's like, don't use a tranquilizer on a raccoon. That is stupid. He's like, it's, I, I'm not going to use it for real. I'm just going to scare the little guy off. He goes and he sees Sonic, and he's flummoxed by it, of course. And Sonic has the ring at the ready, and so at the same time, Marzen shoots Sonic with the tranquilizer, and so Sonic is, like, getting wonky and get, becoming sedated. And then he notices the building on James Marzen's T-shirt, which is an iconic San Francisco building, which I later learned was the Transamerica Pyramid building, and it says San Francisco. And as he falls into the unconsciousness, he's, like, 
San Francisco. And so because he said it, that's what the portal conjures. These portals are. Yep. Like that is Loose. a dream. What a dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. We could do these podcasts in person. We wouldn't have to even use Skype. We'd just be like Sam's living room. And then we'd do the podcast and then we'd go home. It's amazing. It's like they should focus all of their time and attention on making rings all the time. He should have dedicated his life to understanding the science or the magic behind them. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm assuming you can only get them in Hill Zone. Well, but then yeah. couldn't he portal back to Hill Zone and get more? He doesn't like ask like, what are these? Where do they come from? I know. And why doesn't he want to go? Has he ever wondered what happened to his mentor, Longclaw, who was torn to shreds by a bunch of pack of echidnas? Did he ever no. want to go back and check in on that? No. Mentor slash mother. Yeah. That's, yeah. And, and I don't know. So this whole time, it seemed inevitable that he would have to go to a boring mushroom world. <laughs> but instead, he accidentally thinks about San Francisco and ends up there. And I no, assume... He doesn't end up there. Yeah. Oh. So, oh. Yet. So the... The ring falls onto the floor horizontally, and so the portal opens face down. Downward? And the bag of the rings falls into the portal, which then closes. Oh, my. Rings through rings. Yep. That is a... Someone in San Francisco just got real lucky. (laughs) So he wakes up in a dog cage that Marzen has put him in, and Marzen is really quick to accept what Sonic is. He doesn't really tell much, but he's like, I'm from another place. You lost me my rings. I can talk. I'm not a raccoon. Yeah, I'm the blue devil. And uh, Marsden is accepting all of those facts one after another. He's like, "Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm." he's got his detectives pad out and he's making, (laughs) yep, okay. uh, So you're not a raccoon. Uh Uh-huh. Rings. Okay. San Francisco. Sonic is mad at Marsden a little bit. He's like, you screwed me out of getting to the mushroom planet and I don't have my rings now. Like now I'm really unsafe. And at this time, because he has tracked, uh, I don't know how he tracked it, but Dr. Robotnik, maybe the quill on quill, connection he's tracked to marson's house shows Uh up and starts bullying yeah that bqe uh uh, he tries to bully james marson into letting him in and scoping out the house and marson's very quick to see that this guy is weird and aggressive and he says no and like stands firm at the door and denies everything it's like, I was just dealing with a raccoon. Like, there's nothing to see here. There's, like, been no weird presence. I don't know what you're talking about. And just as Robotnik is about to leave in defeat, because he's like, but I'm always right. I tracked it here, the footprint, like, I'm analyzing. Maybe that's how he tracked it with the footprint. But he's like, I'm always right, so you are not going to convince me that I'm wrong, because that's impossible. And then just when he's about to leave without having resolution, he sees the quill. He's like, I knew it! He sees it sitting on, like, on the counter. Marsden's counter. counter. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but in the in-between of that, Sonic and Marsden is kind of run off. They leave the house? Yeah, they leave the house, and Sonic convinces... Are there drones everywhere? There's drones everywhere. Yeah. Oh. Does Robotnik roll with other people, too, or just drone army? Sometimes with other people, in this scene, not other people. Okay. 
when he's like at kind of base camp, that's when the other people are around. And then when he's like on the move and on the hunt, usually solo or drones or sometimes just drones sent at his behest. Hmm. Yeah, the drones oh, are a thing from the game, too. Uh, okay, so they run out, like, the back door or something. They run out, yeah, and Sonic convinces James Mars and the Donut King that you're the one who screwed me out of my rings, so you have to help me get them and take me to San Francisco, and all will be square. And somehow, James Mars and the Donut King accepts that logic very readily. It's like, fine, let's go. He's the sheriff of a small community in Montana. He can't just go to San Francisco. Well, he does. And he leaves, uh, what's-his-face in charge, the bumbling yeah. deputy who doesn't know how to do stuff. Correct. But, you know, he's impending on this move, so he's going to have to get used to leaving it in the hands of the bumbling guy. This is a yeah, precursor to his near no future. no notice? I guess so, but I'm starting to feel the sister's vibe now. <laughs> Donut King, is uh, his reign is uh, questioned by me. Wow. And I said uh, it. Not so perfect, Donut King. Exactly. More it's like perfect. a donut. It's Perfect to me. Prince. <laughs> Donut Duke. <laughs> so they set up my car, and Sonic is super chatty because this is the first time he's ever had an opportunity to make conversation, which he's very much indulging in. But Marzen's annoyed. It's like, can you just, like, cool it a little bit on the, like, nonstop chatter? But, of course, he can't because he's so excited to have this contact. And in the midst of this conversation, Marzen admits that he's moving to San Francisco, or... And Sonic is infuriated because he loves Green Hills so much. He's like, why would you ever want to leave such a perfect place? I'm being forced out of it, and you're choosing to leave? How dare you? I'm looking at Sonic right now, and I was just wondering about his shoes. Just What about his gloves? That's going to come gloves. up. The shoe yeah. element will come up later. Okay. Right? Well, He's shoeless right now. Oh, he is? Okay. Yeah. All right. So Marzen says he's always felt like a babysitter of the town because all his like tasks that we've seen a bit of a glimpse of or like someone's cat is in a tree or like someone's power generator went off like really menial stuff not true crime true crime sorry he's shoeless but he has gloves um i don't know if he has gloves he doesn't have pants he doesn't have pants he's he doesn't blue. have any apparel of any kind yeah but he does seem to always have gloves well, they aren't a function. Maybe in Hillzone, it's, it's the hands element. that one needs to hide in shame in society. <laughs> <laughs> not the genitals. You know? <laughs> it's a different culture. He's always felt like a babysitter of this town, and he wants to challenge himself on the street like a real cop, and that's why he's eager to do this move to San Francisco and experience like real detective work and really being on the beat. Sure, like Dirty Harry. Yeah, I was compelled by that, too, because he is in this small, boring town and hasn't had to be tested. <laughs> you, you love Marcy. I do. <laughs> you really love Marcy. But does it's it come up that he, of a quest. he would be taking a demotion, right? Like yeah, he's going to move be, to San, yeah, San Francisco, and he over. would go from being the, the, the sheriff to just being, what, a detective, maybe? Or just like a beat cop? Yeah, a rookie, I guess. And in the meantime, he's got a new friend, a space alien hedgehog who needs to go get his rings. <laughs> so Sonic laments that now that he's leaving Earth, he's sad that he never really got to experience anything. He's observed everything, but he's never really done anything. 
and James Mars in the Donut King explains the idea of a bucket list, with which Sonic starts making with pen and paper because he knows how to write in English. Mm. Of course he does. What uh, what does he write on his bucket list? You can give some highlights. Well, I'll get to the main highlight in just a moment. But ah. we don't see it right away. But so they stop for snacks uh, at like a little convenience store that happens to be next to a roadside saloon. And Marzen says, "Like I'm gonna go get the snacks. You stay in the car." Of course, he doesn't. Quick cut away to Doctor Robotnik, who's analyzing the quill, and you can see that it has powerful energy. And he also puts James Mars and the Donut King on the news as a terror suspect. Oh, all right. He can Which, manipulate the media. Well, he just like accuses. He just him. leaks the okay, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that also comes to almost nothing. Like it's not really an obstacle, but it happens. And he okay. realizes that if he could harness the Quill's essence it could basically give unlimited energy. And so he becomes obsessed with capturing Sonic for himself. For extra that energy. Am- that's oh, amazing. Okay, so up until this moment. But he doesn't want to solve oh. it for the Earth. He wants to, like, power it, control it for himself. But up until that moment, he was just doing the job that it was assigned to him. Yeah, he was just now, like, I'm finding this. Now he's on a personal quest. All right. Okay, so he's gone rogue. Yeah. A little bit. Does he have any government resources at his disposal? Like, does he have army people that he can call on since he's been assigned to this task? I mean, I guess, but he seems to just be, like, self-sufficient with his drones and his tech and his smarts. Uh, Parallel question uh, to Chris's. Does the government that hired him to do this job, do they check in on him? Does he have any oversight or accountability or TPS reports? No. No. no, see, he's uh, he's been let off his leash. Robotnik is off the leash, and uh, this is not going to go well. This is classic government. They bring in a contractor, and then they just fuck right off. Yeah, I mean, uh, they should at least require him to come in once a week and do a PowerPoint. I would think. <laughs> yeah, maybe get on Skype for business. Well, back to Sonic. He Cloud sneaks into the collaboration. Saloon, <laughs> and James Marsden walks in and finds him. Just amidst Wasted? the no, but just like hanging amidst the gen pop of other humans, hidden sort of underneath a huge Stetson hat. And then when the waitress <laughs> says no children are allowed here, he's like, he's actually got a skin condition. Uh, he's an adult man, um, but he orders <laughs> Diet Coke anyway. But like that's their cover story that he's got this weird skin condition, so they're semi left alone. And James Mars is like, wow, we got to get out of here. But you can see that Sonic is really sad and has made this bucket list and he has empathy for him because for all he knows, this is his last day or two on Earth because uh, he's completely buys into the ring thing and yeah, all of it. And yeah. he, saw, he bore witness to it. Um, he did. He did see it. He yeah. did see it happen. And so he says, fine, we can stay for an hour. And so they do like all the bar things like line dancing and the mechanical bull and having drinks and uh, like dancing and... Uh, then they get into a bar fight because he's huh. a weird alien in a Stetson. And again, nobody, everyone's yeah. just like, this is an adult man with a skin condition. <laughs> <laughs> and his skin condition is that he looks like a blue animal and <laughs> and, and, and also he's not, yes. <laughs> not wearing clothes because of the condition. He cannot actually wear clothes other than gloves. And yeah. the hat. Has to wear gloves, actually. And the hat. Gloves and a hat. He's only—he's uh, all accessories, no main pieces. 
That is quite a skin condition to be having. <laughs> it's, it's very, um, it's very inclusive bar. Like <laughs> after the first objection, like we don't serve minors. After that, they just really accept this uh, freak of nature <laughs> into their midst. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so, what's the X Men Speedy Quicksilver? So mm-hmm. they're just about to do the bar, get into the bar fight, and then Sonic like Quicksilver's around and like repositions everybody and everything. So he, like, moves Marsden out of the way of the fist that's, like, going to connect with him. And he, like, ropes around one guy. So when he takes one step forward, he gets, like, all hung up. Stuff like that. Right. So that's so the sequence. Really, they really do the Quicksilver thing. Oh, like, full Quicksilver. Yeah. James Marsden is a police sheriff. And he is getting in a bar brawl with a space <laughs> alien just for shits and giggles? <laughs> yes. So they go to a motel for the night and Sonic is so happy and so excited that he had this day of fun. And so now we see his bucket list and he's crossed off a lot of those types of items like ride mechanical bull. So he achieved a bunch of them and he's like, I'm going to stay up all night. And then immediately he passes out. And then James looks over and sees the bucket list. And the last thing that has not been crossed out yet says, Oh, oh, here we go. (laughs) Make a real friend. Oh my God. It's all over. It's all over. Podcast over. She couldn't even get the line out. So Marsden has probably moved as well. Yes, he was. How is Sonic the Hedgehog, the space alien demigod blue hedgehog, how is his penmanship in the English language? Very childlike. Okay. Which I like. All caps, perhaps? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Okay, so back in Green Hills, Robotnik tricks Adam Pally, bumbling deputy, into calling James Mars and the Donut King from the station, and so they are able to track his location. Yep. So now, the next day, they're back on the road, and they're attacked by Robotnik's drone force, so it starts off with, like, a, it's like those Russian dolls where it's smaller and smaller and smaller, but the same inside. Yep. So Come that, out of drone is in drone is in drone? Yeah, so they, like, vanquish the bigger one with, like, Marzen's gun and, like, with sonic speed. And then, so they break the larger one, and then out of that flies a smaller one. And that keeps happening successively until there's, like, which makes no sense. You'd think he would send the smaller one, small to big, but he doesn't. He goes big to small. Um, And Marsden is firing shots off? He's gunplay? I think so. I don't He must have. But it doesn't feel menacing. This guy stripped of his badge. (laughs) Well, finally he gets to, like, a palm-sized little drone, and he's, like, knocking it away, and something explodes. That explodes, and Sonic is injured and rendered unconscious, but alive. And, and so still in still in the car? I think he'd run out, because he okay. keeps, like, running, you know, doing his yep. speed work. Speed work. Yeah. <laughs> his hill zone speed work. Yeah, so he'd, <laughs> he was uh, out of car at the explosion yeah. time. Marzen's okay. Oh. And so he collects... Sonic, unconscious, and he's close to San Francisco now, and rushes him to the sister-in-law's house where the wife is and the niece. And now the sister really hates him because he's been on the news as a terrorist. I yeah. mean, justified. Yeah, that's yeah. the only. She's like, I was right all along. Yeah, he's that's a the only reason given. But she's like, see, yeah. divorce. See? Exactly what I've been saying. I've been saying that your husband is a terrorist. <laughs> he's a literal terrorist. <laughs> he's the in the, your marriage. He's the terrorist. <laughs> And in society. And in society, turns out. I, I wasn't privy to that part. 
previously. Um, so one thing that I feel like has been uh, like largely unquestioned is the idea that were one to reach San Francisco, one would 100% guaranteed find the bag, the sack O magic rings. <laughs> yep. Never gets questioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. There's just a bag. Well, They're in a bag. Yep. Yeah. Because that's how they yeah. felt. Okay. So you, so you just maybe go around on the street being like, hey, have you seen a sack of rings? Yeah. Well, but you can't even see the rings. So you're going to have to just say, have you seen a bag? You guys got a sack? Do you have a, any sacks? <laughs> you got a sack for me, bro? <laughs> Yo, have you seen any sacks? <laughs> well, he presents Sonic to the wife, Maddie, who's a vet. And he's like, I know you'll have questions. Maybe he doesn't even say that. But like, this is the blue devil. What's his face was right. Um, it wasn't a raccoon. He's been hurt. Can you help him? Do you have any smelling salts for animals? And she says, no, but I have smelling salts for humans. And so she revives him with literal smelling salts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and examines him. And Medicine. she's like this. Yeah. She, like, just like her husband, great couple. She just accepts all of this real quick and easy. The sister's going mental, but the wife is like, yep. Blue double alien speed. Sure. Uh-huh. Smelling salts got it and she's like this poor little fellow look how ragged the soles of his feet are and sonic wakes up and he's so happy to meet her because he's as obsessed as he is with donut king he's equally entranced with her so he's happy to finally get to chat and she's like you two have such a cute bond to him and marsden marsden's like no we don't what the hell (laughs) he's just a proud alpha man you know I don't need friends. James Marsden is a proud alpha man <laughs> in this world. Yeah, I'm confused. I didn't. I wasn't getting that from him. But Who's okay. Who's more alpha than him in this world? A uh, Robotnik. Maybe. maybe uh, mm, no, I guess he is the alpha. I would have said maybe Longclaw, but she's dead. Yeah, long dead. killed, ravaged by echidnas. <laughs> um, what the. <sighs> Do they discuss that he's from another planet? Does that come up in these conversations? No. <laughs> okay, cool. I mean, I guess they recognize that he came from one and is going to another, but they aren't like, what's it like there? What are you talking about? How did you get, like, nothing. Nothing. So no. does she, but her vet skills seem to, like, she seems to understand his general physiology. She's like, this being has a heart and it's beating. Or a, a little bit. Yeah, she has, like, a loose exam. And then they tie the sister to her chair because she won't shut up. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> the sheriff oh has gone full. Oh, boy. Yeah. Kidnapping <laughs> is literally happening. Yep. And then the niece comes down and does not heed her mother's pleas to be released. But instead, she gives Sonic a pair of sneakers. And it's the first gift he's ever gotten. Um, and I'm assuming that the tears were... <laughs> Like your finger was on the trigger. <laughs> it looks like he's wearing socks and shoes, but I could be wrong. Both his gloves and his f- shoes have like a white cuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely wearing socks. He's a slouch uh, fold kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, That's he's his relaxed steez. and hip. It's his I mean, he's got to have some kind of flair considering he doesn't wear actual clothing, only accessories, <laughs> as we've established. I think going buck naked is its own kind of flair in a way. <laughs> Buck naked, white gloves, sneakers, and occasionally a Stetson. I'd like to see him in some jewelry. Maybe some Sounds chains. like a Friday night, you know what I mean? <laughs> Sonic concludes, or doesn't even conclude, like it's unquestionable to him that because the t-shirt that 
conjured the portal in the beginning had the image of the Transamerica Pyramid tower building, skyscraper oh. building, like, surely that's where the bag is. So he rushes in, he does his speed work in, like, for recon, and he comes back out and he's like, it's impossible, like, there's too many people there to get up to the roof, we'll have to, like, make a clever ruse. So Marsden... Wait, wait, why why does he have to go to the roof? Because that's obviously where the Sacco Rings is. Yep, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that is obvious. I'm I'm a stupid idiot. (laughs) Yeah, Jeremy, this is a science film, and we haven't said it yet, but just get your shit together, basically, is what I'm trying to say. 100%, and science always shows that sacks of rings are on roofs or yeah, like, roofs. Where else would it fall when you were conjuring a portal based on a t-shirt image? <laughs> yeah, it's classic portal conjure t-shirt <laughs> material. So Carson, <sighs> the Donut King, goes in and is barely questioned by the receptionist or security guard person at the ground like, level. And he shows I'm, a, back. I'm a Donut King gone rogue. <laughs> he's like, I let me access to your roof. No, he does that. He has his badge and he's like, there's a jumper on the roof. I need to save him immediately. And she doesn't question that or seem worried by that at all. But she looks at it, she's like, you're from Montana. He's like, I know I was brought in specially. I need to get up there immediately. She's like, Oh, okay. I'll like enable the elevator for you or like you can pass through or whatever. So him and the wife go through. Yeah. She does not look at all flummoxed that he's claimed there's a jumper on the roof. The no jumper has been up there for a while because he's yeah. been called in specially from Montana. He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> been up there for a week. <laughs> yeah, maybe trip across the country to help this jumper. <laughs> he waited. I was like, don't jump yet. I'll get they there. They told him I was coming, so he, he held on. <laughs> and standing by so while they're waiting for the elevator in a non-hurried fashion so it's him and the wife and they've put sonic in a duffel bag um but the duffel is like squirming because of course he's an alien frantic being in a duffel bag and the other passengers waiting to get on the elevator are like is that your child and he's like no it's not oh don't worry it's a child but it's not my child so it's fine and they're disgusted and they disperse which i did find humorous that's funny. It's so, a child. Yeah. That's funny. That's yeah, that's a pretty good line. So, I can imagine Marsden delivering it with a plum. Yeah. So yeah. they get to the roof, it's the three of them, Marsden, wife, Sonic. They find the sack instantly. It's just there, yeah. Just there, just there waiting to be found. And Sonic, Is it an industrial roof or a touristy touristy roof? It seems not touristy. It doesn't look like Empire State, like where they would have right. the like observation deck or anything. So it's possible that the, no one saw that there was a sack lying there? I have to believe it. I have okay. to believe that. Otherwise, right, I like the movie just falls apart. Yeah, exactly. This is the, that would be the, the loose thread that if you tugged on it, just the whole thing would <laughs> come apart. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Sonic is saying his heartfelt goodbye and is about to ring himself to the Mushroom Planet, even though he still really doesn't want to go there, when, of course, Dr. Robotnik shows up and He's now in, like, a speeder, like an elevated robot, like a human-sized drone that he can sit within. And he starts attacking, and he's trying to capture Sonic and get James, Mars, and the Donut King and the wife out of the way. And Sonic, in an act that seems hostile, but in short order won't be, pushes them off the roof of the building. Mars and the wife. Yes. Maddie. And then he races down the side of the building, and just as they're about to fall to their bloody deaths, he opens a portal to Green Hills underneath them. Just Marsden and the wife. He stays behind to deal with Dr. Robotnik, 
And what we now see is that Robotnik has put the quill, put Sonic's quill, into this drone device and is using it as an energy source. And so uh-huh. for the first time, Sonic's speed can be matched. Ooh, okay, this is science. <laughs> so Robotnik can move as fast as Sonic. In this device, yeah. Yeah. And he's in this, like, hover drone with his head sticking out the top, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is like a, that's also from the game. Uh, I'm interested to see how much of uh, this fight that's clearly going to play out now will involve Sonic jumping and boinking him on the head because that's how you do everything in Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) None. Pretty much much none. No, so what happens is they end up going through a global chase and Sonic just keeps opening new portals to, like, landmarks like the Great Wall of China and the desert and the Sphinx and stuff like that. And because Robotnik is as fast as him, he makes it through the portal behind him every time so they're just chasing each other through the world that is an incredible waste of these magical rings i was gonna right? say yeah good dog like but it, he keeps doing it but it's stuff. not helping him at all he's no. like i'll beat him through this portal correct if he uses all the rings he'll never be able to go to the mushroom planet Sorry. and also he'll run out eventually and then he won't be able to keep trying the same trick that doesn't work at ever <laughs> yeah yep. and he'll be like Egypt, and he'll just yeah. be stuck there. Yep. Well, in any case, he sends both of them back to Green Hills as well. So everyone's now gathered in Green Hills, and I don't even know what happens, but I think Robotnik like swipes at him with some sort of like arm piece of the drone, and he's mildly incapacitated, and he's about to collect him. Robotnik is, um, and so Sonic doesn't have the speed anymore. He like can't char- turbocharge or do anything. But the townspeople, led by James Mars and the Donut King, gather and, like, fortify him between Sonic and and Robotnik because somehow they love Marsden so much that they would support him. So he organizes the town. He doesn't even organize. He... They just come to his help because he's the figurehead leader of the town. So And, like, the crazy guy, too, he's like, I knew the Blue Devil was real. And so they just all form a human shield? Yeah, while Sonic, like, regains his strength. And then he... Beautiful. So Robotnik, like, lunges for him, and then Sonic has regathered his strength, and now he does, like, the full ball turbo charge into Robotnik and portals him, portals Robotnik, to the Mushroom Planet. Smashes into him with turbo speed, and that propels him forward, and then he puts a portal open and shoves him through it. Yes, yeah. To the Mushroom Planet, the place where no sane person would ever want to go. Yes. No. It would drive you mental. Yeah. Quick cut over to the sister who demands to be untied. And uh, in, as the movie yeah. starts to resolve, uh, Marzin, he's like, well, after I did that adventure, I feel like I was tested and I've realized that Green Hills truly is my home. So we're going to stay. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, I, I really don't know if I'm still Team Marston at the end of all of this. <laughs> and then some of the department... He doesn't seem to really know what he wants. <laughs> no, this, he's just all over the place. Decisive. Yeah. yeah. But he's moved. Like, the town gathered for him. The Department of Defense guys come that had hired Robotic in the first place, and they're like, oh, of course. 
hey, uh, where's that PowerPoint? And they're like, oh, Dr. Robotnik, who? Like, we never heard of him. They just, like, disclaim everything. Like, he's off the terror list. They've just, like, wiped the whole situation clean as if none of it ever happened. Just make an excuse for the pinch in the first place. And they're like, but by the way, have you seen that alien thing? He's like, nope, haven't seen him. Like, cool, cool, cool. We'll just uh, close the door on this. And thanks for your time. And uh, good day. So that's all wrapped up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, Great is the Lost Ark at the end where they just put the ark in a crate and cover it up. Yep. And so then Sonic is there, of course, and they're like, it's time for you to go to your cave. Like, we've been hanging out too long. He's like, okay, I'll go. And they're like, wait, where are you going? And he says, you just said I had to go to my cave, so I'm going. They're like, no, come with us. And so they bring him up to the attic, and they've brought all his crap from the cave into their attic and recreated it. (sighs) So that he's their son now. Yep. They've invited him to live with them. (laughs) You are our son. The donut queen is barren. (laughs) The king is shooting blanks. But you, you are our chance at happiness. And you're not, you're not a child. You, you might be like 50 years old for all we know. Or a million years old. Or a million years old. Or experience time in a completely different way than we do. Because we are no, we are no sage owl characters. So I don't know if we can live up to your previous parent. But please live in our attic where we've put your stolen junk. <laughs> I would have been annoyed. Like, couldn't you ask me to move my stuff? God. Yeah, seriously. Boundaries yeah. much? Yeah. Like, if yeah. this is the first day of this, like, how is this going to go? Then we, cut, <laughs> then we cut to the Mushroom Planet. Robotic is there. And he's like, a lesser man would perish here, but I'll be home in six months. And I guess presumably he has the quill still because it was in his device that went with him. So he's, uh-huh. like, yep. super confident he'll work his way back. That's how the movie ends. And then mid-credits, we see a portal open into Earth, and Tails arrives. And he's like, this must be the place. This is where Sonic is. Tails! 